Installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I am a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything from definition, please, to um, how last week I totally flubbed all the lyrics and, and song titles of Beyonce. It's uh, Plastic on the Sofa. It's America's Got a Problem. Uh, and I corrected Obi, my guest, and he was right all along. So my bad. How are you? Happy Halloween. Happy All Souls Day. Happy All Saints Day. It's the 2nd of November. Here we are. Oh, my God. Next week is elections. Oh, my freaking God. Oh, my goodness. What's going to happen? Um, I was listening to my podcast astrologer who says it's going to be a hot mess. Um, but there is like some sign in Aquarius or something like that, which gives like a glimmer of hope. So I'm really like hanging my hat on that glimmer of hope. Um, so in the meantime... If you like this show, give it five stars on Apple Music. Give it a review on wherever you listen to the podcast. It's how people can find the show. So let's kick off the show with a very quick sketch. I don't really have a song uh, song title. I don't really have a sketch title for it. I don't know. It's like uh, Kourtney Kardashian and Love is Blind. Um, Love is Blind is back on Netflix. Uh, The third section of the show just hit. I'm, I haven't watched it yet, but I know some things. Spoiler alert, Raven is left at the altar. SK does not move forward with her. And I, it seemed like it was kind of leaning towards that because uh, it just, they they just didn't jive well and it didn't seem like she was down to go to California with him. Didn't seem like um, she was willing to be a team player as he like goes to school just for two years. Like it's just two years. Like she, they were asking like it was like acting like it was like 20 years or something. It was just it's just two years of grad school. But anyway, uh, so he said no. She said yes. Uh, and then I don't know what else happened. I haven't I haven't read any other spoilers. That was the only spoiler that I know. Bartice is the worst. I'm going to talk about it in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to probably have somebody on here, maybe Shireen, maybe um, Christina Igaravides. I don't know. We'll see. But in the meantime, here is my Love is Blind sketch with a twist. And then stick around for Sujata Day. She is amazing. Sketch. Hello, I am TV's Courtney Kardashian. I am the life of the party. I am also the new host of Love is Blind, Barbarian Edition. Produced by Elon Musk and Twitter, 
this show is Love is Blind with a twist. For this social experiment, we only could find one person willing to go down a basement into another basement to then try to fall in love with this voice behind a wall. Baba, Baba, Baba. OMG, who would not fall in love with that? Hey, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this show anymore. I, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. Oh, oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Baba, Baba. Are you in love? show i don't want to be on love is blind barbarian edition anymore whatever bye so don't act like some drunk slob kebab watch this show coming soon this spring a b c d e f g i have to go So let's get into my talk with actor, writer, director, Sujata Day. Hey, Sujata. Hey, how are you, Colette? Good. How are you? I'm good. Nice. Um, so Sujata is best known for her roles as Cece in the Issa Rae web series, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl and Sarah. Uh, she also played the character Sarah in Insecure. She made her directorial debut in the 2020 comedy drama Definition Please on Netflix. She's also developing the next American Pie with Universal, which is being rebooted into a new movie that is said to be completely like a completely fresh take on the original movie. This is magnificent, huge news. We also share the same birthday, uh, but we That's will amazing. be talking... Hello, yes. Cancer. Yes. Hello, fellow Cancer. Um, Cancerian. And so, yeah, so thanks for joining me today. I want to talk to you about filmmaking, the idea of progress, not perfection, investing in yourself, and of course, you know, what you're currently watching, enjoying out there in the culture, what's been going on in your life. But can I ask you an icebreaker first up? For sure. Okay. So what's the most important thing to remember that daily that you haven't been able to do? Like for me in meditation, stretching, I just, I never have time for that. Stretching is a big thing for me because I love stretching. I'm actually yeah. really flexible. I've been flexible since I was a little kid. Nice. And that's why I enjoy it so much. It, it makes me feel really good. And I've been, since the pandemic, I've been taking walks around my neighborhood mm -hmm. and I like to go around like four or five times a week, but now it's become like two times a week. So I'd like to go oh. a little bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah. So because you've been busy, you've been busy, like, you know, uh, being a Hollywood player. I'm a you player. 
Yeah, developing, yeah, making shit happen. People to see, places to go. That's right. Yeah, but do you count your steps at all? Like, I use my phone. Like, I count my steps. And I'm like, okay, did I get 10,000 steps today? No, I got 5,000. If I don't go on my walk and I look at my phone, it says 84 steps. Yeah. Yeah, it's and as so if it never happened, as if you never walked. As if I never got out of bed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't check my steps if I don't do my walk around the neighborhood. Okay, that's healthy. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I check religiously, maybe to a point where, and then I'm always carrying my phone because it, it's like, if I'm walking around without my phone, it's, it, it's, it's as if I never happened, it's as if I never walked outside, never, you know, so it's like, um, I don't know if it's, if that's healthy in itself. The walking is healthy. I don't know if carrying around my phone, constantly looking at my steps is the best thing, but that's what I've been doing. I think maybe you should just check your steps at the end of the day. Okay. All right. Once a day. I could, I could try that. I could try that. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So we're not going to talk too much about American Pie because this is, this is a big deal. This is why you've been walking, you know, twice a week instead of, you know, you know, a lot more. So like, we won't talk too much about it, but you did write a really fun personal story for salon.com, which had to do with like Hindu camp and being a teen. Um, you crushed on two boys, uh, both named Patel, but they were not related because it's a very common name. It's like Smith. So yeah. like, um, have you wanted to explore pro projects about teens for a really long time? You know, the stuff that I watch that I truly enjoy is about teens. I really enjoy it. Starting with the British skins, I think. I love really, skins. Yeah, the British skins is really amazing. And if you look back on it, so many superstars started yeah. on that show. Yes. And I also really appreciated, I believe they hired really young people for that writer's room. And you can yeah. tell. You can yeah, tell Daniel Kaluuya was one of them. Yeah, yeah. So... It, it's that started my my love for kind of teen um, comedies that were out of the box. And then I loved yeah. Misfits. And then I loved yeah. um, I love Sex Education. Oh, so good. So good. And obviously grew up with the American comedies as well. I think we grew up in a golden age of teen sex comedies um, yeah which were Not really another teen movie yeah so i i love the teen comedy that can be r-rated that's, that's yeah feeling to me nice uh not too r-rated like euphoria but like kind of romp like fun loving like sex education exactly fun loving romp like sex education for sure yeah that's awesome okay so all right. You definition, please, is about an adult. Um, but like, what was the the inspiration behind that? You you participated in a fourth grade spelling bee. You won it. You didn't win re regionals uh, because of the word radish or something. I, I heard. Yes. Very yes. funny. I, I lost um, with the word whistle. I got I got really nervous. And, How did you spell it? Um, I don't remember. Just wrong. Just plain wrong. Um so like 
And then also um, the inspiration behind Definition Please was a sketch. Uh, you wrote like a sketch of like, where are they now? The spelling bee winners of the past or something like that. So like, what made you think like, this is going to be a good, this will be a good movie. This this is going to be a full length feature. Like what what was sort of the, the other spark that made you actually like write the project and do it? The other spark is, on the other hand, I was, I'm also inspired by a ton of indie films that I grew up watching. And, and I noticed that not a lot of them had sibling stories. Mm -hmm. and the ones that did, I was really drawn to. So, for example, You Can Count on Me and The Savages and Skeleton Twins. And, nice. and I was like, oh, I want to make a movie in that vein that has that same kind of feel that's very slice of life grounded um and and that was the beginning of oh i can i can write this and also direct it and star in it and duplass brothers my way love, love them. yeah love them and i love that you mentioned you can count on me because it had to do with a brother and sister and the brothers kind of uh going through some stuff sort of a fuck up um you in your story in definition please which is out on netflix um the brother suffers from bipolar disorder and i i loved it because it's a first gen my family's from haiti uh, my family um even though they worked in medical fields um the idea of therapy was like, what? Like there was even that moment in Rami um, this season where the mom was like, what? Go to therapy and tell people your business. And, you know, we, we deal with it at home. And so like that, that was very much like how I grew up. And so I love that. Like it seemed, I thought you handled that really well in that, like it was something that they were dealing with at home, but obviously he needed more help than um, what was available to him. And the idea of um, being sort of embarrassed, like I, I like my mom suffered from from uh, mental illness and, uh, you know, there was a sort of like a shame or like an embarrassment. Um, and it, it didn't it took me a really long time to accept that, that was who she was and, and, and love her for it. So like that was definitely um, something in your um, in your movie. Was that also something from real life or that was just something that you wanted to bring into into the like what was that the idea behind that element to the story it was inspired by and based on a couple different relationships so it wasn't mm -hmm. just one relationship and um something that you mentioned that i love to think about is that a lot of first gen no matter where your parents are from we yeah. go through so many similar things yeah. so whether it's Haiti or Middle East or mm -hmm. um or Nigeria I feel like yeah. we all have so many similar experiences and and especially with mental health where we like to slide it under the table and not talk about it and keep it a secret and make sure other friends and family members don't know um and I grew up in, in a small town in Pennsylvania called Greensburg, grew up around mm -hmm. a lot of other Indian Americans, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, and we were all very high achieving kids and we all would peer pressure each other to get the best SAT scores, get into mm -hmm. the Ivy League schools. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
due to all this high achieving, you know, stress that we placed upon ourselves, we would suffer from different, you know, mental illnesses and, and some more serious than others. And yeah. you know, a kid would run away from home and his parents would be like, why is he running away? Um, you know, because you're putting a lot of pressure on him. <laughs> someone would get depressed. Someone yeah. would be suffer from anxiety. Someone would develop bipolar disorder. And so I, I kept seeing this happen. Even when I went to college, I went to Case Western, which is a very STEM focused school, science, tech, yeah. and math. And once again, I saw in the larger Asian community, not just mm -hmm. within the South Asians, I saw in the larger Asian community that this was also happening and yeah. this was a problem. And so that was a big part of what inspired the mental illness storyline and definition for this. Yeah, I love that. I mean, there's so much in in achieving, I guess, the the idea of or what we've seen like in the movies, the idea of like the American dream. Um it, it's it's the idea of of working and achieving um just constantly moving um no rest uh you know just don't not taking any time for yourself so like um yeah that's definitely that's going to happen you're going to develop anxiety doing that you're going to develop an ulcer um so I, I i love that that was um an element and then there, there was also a, like a young girl that was being tutored by the monica character that she um she just didn't want to do it she was like fuck it i don't want to do spelling bees anymore and her mom was like really pressuring her um until you know uh, what happens at the end and it's all very like, happy ending um super cool but like um did you did you feel so you didn't feel that kind of pressure with your parents it was more like your friends around you that were like doing all these like awesome things you're like okay i guess this is what i have to do also but then you were also doing musical theater too at the same time as a teen i was i was doing musical theater from middle school. I was dancing. I was singing. I was taking piano lessons, getting into guitar. And, and I was a very artsy child. But do I you, also was still... really good at math and science. Yeah. Do you still play? Because I in the movie, you also play harmonium. Or is it the Suchi? Su it's the harmonium, yeah. Harmonium? Okay. Uh-huh. I so play, you still play? Guitar a little bit. I, I can do all the basic chords and I tend to sing to hide my kind of mediocre guitar playing. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. It's more than what I can play. I can't play anything. Um, so like you came to LA as an engineer, you had a really nice job um, and you got moved out here. Did you apply to move or, or was it just like, kind of coincidental that like they needed you out here in LA and you're like, okay, my artistic dreams can come true then. So it was all part of my master plan. Nice. Accenture was a part of it. Yes. And um, I interned for them the summer after, before my senior year of college in Cleveland. And wow. then at the, end, oh, wow. at the end of the summer, they offered me a full-time job mm -hmm. and they asked what three cities are your top three cities to work in and I yeah. said LA New York and Chicago nice. big acting cities <laughs> <laughs> I 
was like, if they send me to Chicago, I'll do Second City. Yeah. You know, I'll do theater in New York. I'll do commercials in L.A. <laughs> Uh-huh. And they sent me to my first choice. So I got offered a job going into my senior year. Mm -hmm. And then I moved out. They moved me to L.A. right after I graduated and paid for all the relocation, paid for my car to get Wow. moved out here. That's And, perfect. and with consulting, you don't have to go into the office unless you're on a project. And I just tried never to get on a project. And I would... Um, go to acting class and uh, get headshots and go to auditions and write and Yeah. do all the things to set up my professional career. So were there ever any moments where like, hey, um, what project are you working on? And you were like, uh, uh, No, because <laughs> so it's just on the it fly, was, make it was something all up. through the HR rep who I Mm made hmm. really good friends with and Nice. everybody else thought she was was scared of her and Yeah. I would go into her office and just talk to her about her kids and be like how's the baseball game on Saturday how do you do and and she was super cool and loved me Yeah. and So she's so like, you don't have to work on projects. <laughs> well she's like we're trying to get you on the perfect project to make sure it's a perfect fit and I'm like yeah yeah I'm excited let's do that Nice. And, but then secretly you're like, okay, I have uh, this acting appointment. I have this, you know, sketch writing class. Yeah. I'm whatever. Yeah. Get, get me on that perfect project. Sure. I was, I, I was on a project for about two weeks for the entire year that I worked there. Wow. And as soon as the clock hit five, I would start packing up my bags and we'd be all be sitting around a conference table and they would look at me like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, it's 5 p.m. Yeah. Like, weren't jobs nine to five? Like, I got to go. And... And then I got pulled off the project after a couple days. Wow. Well, yeah, because there's also, as part of American work culture is, you know, be the first in and the last one to leave. Um, and then you, even, uh, like, I've, I've worked in news and it's just like, oh, she's leaving right at five o'clock. Oh, Um And that's cut, that's, you know, that's cutoff time. Like, that's the time to, to, to leave. But yeah, no. Uh, so, I was like, okay, I so gotta they get would. to my, I'm going, I'm going to dinner with my, the kids in my acting <laughs> class. I got to go to acting class at seven. Like I got to get ready. So. yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So they were just like, <laughs> okay, we're done with her. yeah, Um, but I need this to is take not the perfect care project. after that. I just got pulled off the project and then back on what's called the bench Okay. and, and where you're waiting to get put on another project. <laughs> Wow. Okay, so you're on the bench. You are pursuing your dreams. How did you meet Issa Rae? I met her on Twitter. Nice. Yeah, I left Facebook. I deleted my Facebook one day before Uh-huh. it was cool to delete Facebook. Yeah. And Why? Why? You were just like, this is whack? there was drama. You just knew? Uh-huh. Yeah, there was drama. I didn't want to be a part of it. And so I just left it. And it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. And then I signed up for Twitter. I was like, okay, this is cool. I like this. It's like less... Which is also very toxic at times, but sure. But I think at the beginning of Twitter, it wasn't toxic. So this Yeah. is now 12 years ago. Yeah. And not a lot of people are on Twitter at this time because everybody is on Facebook 12 years ago. Uh-huh. And 
I started following uh, Joshua at Film TV Diversity, and he mm -hmm. would tweet out every day these five or six writers, directors, producers, actors to follow. And I would just start following everyone he told me to follow. Yeah. And then Issa was one of them and I followed her. She followed me back. And then mm -hmm. a couple of days later, she tweeted out, I'm looking for a mixed looking girl to play my best friend on a web series. And I DM'd her and I said, hey, I'm not mixed, but uh -huh. this is what I look like. Yeah, so then I went to an audition at her house and I was ready to drive away because it was in a neighborhood at a house and you don't want to, that's pretty shady. Like you want to yeah. do a commercial building. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Oprah, Oprah says never go to the second location. So yeah, so that was, yeah. So you were right to be a little wary at first, uh-huh. But it was fine. Went yeah. Inside, totally fine. Issa's yeah. great. Yes. I with her brother. And then I drove away. And a couple hours later, she's like, you got the job. Yes. Great. Yeah. You played her best friend. Played Super best fun friend. role. Yeah. And then uh, and then that that uh, became then it became insecure. Totally different show. Uh, and you were playing the character uh, Sarah that was in the office at We Got Y'all. So as this is all happening, you're writing. You're writing or you're performing. Were you doing like, were you on a sketch team? Were you doing like comedy stuff? Like what were you doing? I was writing scripts and I think back and I've looked back on the scripts that I wrote at the time and they're just terrible. Yeah. But I think it's really important as writers to understand that when you start writing, you're not good. Yeah. And you just have to keep on doing it. You just have to keep on writing. Every script that I've written has been better than the last one. Yeah. And yeah, I was writing. I think with Awkward Black Girl, I was inspired to write more from my specific point of view like Issa was writing from her specific point of view so yeah um I started I, I believe I sold a couple shows at that point wow. production companies um and it was great and I was also doing student films I was doing uh I did another web series called The Guild Felicia mm -hmm web series oh nice um she also was on Buffy I think yes yeah and yeah. that was that was an awesome experience yeah and and I was just you know I started honing my voice which was really awesome and then getting really into UCB getting yeah. into the improv and the sketch of it all and um I recommend any writer whether your comedy or drama to go do a UCB improv class. Right. Yeah. They're coming back. Yeah. Yes. They're coming back. And um, it just helps you get free, get loose. Yes. Yes. Um, so Amy, Annie Obie's, uh one of my mentors. Um, she's incredible. And when I first talked to her, I was, uh, I was just like fresh uh, in LA and I was telling her that I was taking a Groundlings class. And she was like, "Get you know, Groundlings is more like for actors. You want something that sort of mimics a writer's room. 
get into a UCB class. And so that's, that's what I did. And I, I followed that track and ne- you know, never looked back. Um, that was a really great way that, uh, it helped me in collaborating with other people and, and finding a voice. Um, I love that you were saying that you started writing and it wasn't like you've grown so much as a writer, basically. And the idea of like progress, not perfection. Um, how did that, how did that, uh, was that something that you were always, were you always like comfortable with that? Were you ever a perfectionist at any time? Because I know for me, I, I've had to let go a lot over the years to feel comfortable and be like, okay, I'm going to take a chance. I'm not going to be too precious with this. I'm going to show this to someone or, um, like, was that something, were you always like this? Were you always like open and, you know, just, uh, you know, okay with like sharing your your stuff yeah I think I've always been open I was also really into the visual arts as a kid and school and high school and college Mm -hmm. pottery drawing painting um sketching and with visual arts it's really important to let the mistakes be mistakes and be like yeah that's cool. That makes it a little bit cooler. <laughs> yeah. So I think I, I I learned from there in terms of the arts, especially. I think in uh, science and math, you really do have to know the answer and be right. a perfectionist. But I enjoyed the the mistakes that happen in writing or acting or moments on stage with my UCB improv teammates. Um, the magic that seemed to happen when you don't, when you really let go and and don't expect something. Right. So, okay. So you wrote the movie in, uh, definition, please. Again, you wrote the movie in like 2018, I think. I started writing it in 2017 Uh and went through rewrites in 2018. And so, um, one of the your the actor that plays your brother Ritesh, he uh, is one of the producers on the movie. Um, you were your first investor, um, and that was something also inspired by Issa because Issa did she's uh, for um, Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. She's she's was uh you know she had she had funding eventually with Pharrell, but like to get it started, she had to you know break open that credit card and you know, spend her own money. And so you, you were, you you had said that you were inspired by that. You did that yourself with this movie, but then eventually you found more investors and, um, and, uh, and then you were able to, to film in your hometown. So, um, and you know, the thing about filmmaking is like, it's a huge, a, a big part of it is relationships. And so Ava DuVernay's company array distributed definition, please. I was, uh, in my like Hollywood story, I was like, oh, it just happened out of the blue, but it didn't. How did that happen? How did Ava DuVernay, superstar, get with you? So back during Awkward Black Girl days, she was around. Ava was around. It was Issa was hanging out with Lena Waithe, was hanging out with Justin Simeon, was hanging out with Barry Jenkins, was hanging out with Ava DuVernay. And this was really as they were starting to grow and mm-hmm. and help each other and support each other. And so yeah. Ava and I became social media friends at that time. And and we, you know, comment on tweets and stuff. And yeah. 
then um, throughout the years, we would keep running into each other at macro parties or um, different events around town. Mm -hmm. And so we were, we were definitely aware of each other and, um, and we, we knew of each other and it was great. And so during the distribution or during the film festival run of definition, please, we just started to get a lot of people reaching out and wanting to know more and seeing it at different virtual film festivals around the country and writing about it. And we would get fans along the way, like Mindy Kaling saw it and became a fan and jumped on board as executive producer. And finally we were able to have an in-person LA screening at the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. And I invited Ava and Tulane, who works at Array, um, to the premiere, and they couldn't make it. But they hit me up a month after the premiere to see if the film was available for sale. That's amazing. So So, it is about relationships, and nothing is ever really out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's also, it seems like it's... um, you know, it's it's a, a chance meeting, and then you you see each other again. It, so it's it develops over time. It's not something that just happens immediately. Um, so like I met you a few years ago. Uh, you don't remember, but it was at like a, a pool party. Um, it was Marvin from Macro and Hentified. He had a pool party with my friend Alexis, and so I was like, oh, you're an insecure. Um, I think we were like waiting for drinks or something. And then so we, we talked and then uh, and then years later, I see you at Amy's uh, super special party. And I'm like, hey, I know you. Would you be on my podcast? And I was like, but you're too, you're too cool right now. I don't know if you do it. And, but, but you were down. I was like, oh, my God, this is so incredible. So, you know, it's not on the level of Ava DuVernay array distributing my movie. But that was pretty cool for me. Like, it was just like, oh, this is awesome. Sujata is going to be on my show. Of course, of course. But 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 to your point of relationships developing over a period of time, over a period of years, yeah, that's what happens in Hollywood. So when you're here, when you live here and you're in the business and you go to certain events, whether it's a birthday party or super special one year anniversary, yeah, um, you will start seeing the same people over and over again and you will just naturally make these connections where it's not immediately about I want something from you or we need to work on this project together or it's about work you make a natural friendly connection first Mm -hmm. and then and then you just keep seeing each other and then if it happens to that you'll work together in the future maybe it'll happen and it'll just be easier because we know each other yeah um, and then going back to distribution, um, so you did this, you, you make the movie, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, you, um, it's, it's incredible, you got to do um, some post-production at Skywalker Studios, like the editing, which yes. is really awesome, George, you sat in George Lucas's chair, super cool, so like, it was just like a really beautiful, it was almost like, um, almost like a pregnancy, like you had a really great pregnancy, <laughs> a really great birth, but then pandemic. 
And then, so when it comes time to like have your, you know, uh, debutante ball or like your, you know, you know, actually get people to see it in the theater, it's halted by this, you know, deadly disease and you can't do that. So then you have to pivot and do these like virtual film festivals you were talking about. And so, like, you were talking about um, in another interview how, like, you didn't get a chance to go to the Hawaii Film Festival and you always wanted to go to Hawaii. I still have never been to Hawaii either. So, but what is virtual film festivals like? Um, I, I know, like, for Amy's movie Honeymoon, I saw it at a virtual film festival, and that was great because I'm, I'm at home, I'm watching it. But what's that like for the filmmaker and how, how do you connect with, people virtually like you know i don't know if again if, if i'm if i'm making any sense because like as part of film festival you have the movie screening people see your movies and then you like talk to a producer hey what'd you think about it like you're seeing people in real time experiencing it but then when it's happening virtually you know you have to like follow up with emails you have to like try to get them on the phone what's that like I I saw Honeymoon in theater, so I saw oh, okay in Baldwin Hills uh-huh. um, at a film festival. Oh, oh the Cinemark? Amy. Yes, with Amy and Lisa. Oh, nice. And it was awesome. It was great yeah. seeing it on the big screen. So good. Well, obviously, pandemic hit. We had to pivot. There was no other choice. And I was talking to other filmmakers because I, I knew other filmmakers that were also uh debuting at South by Southwest or Tribeca or all these other places that were also shutting down or pivoting to the virtual model and um some of my friends decided not to do the virtual film festival circuit and for me I have so many other projects and so many other ideas that I just wanted to get the film out there I just wanted people to start seeing it and Bentonville was a great virtual premiere for us just because I had premiered my short film there, Cowboy and Indian in 2018, and they were amazing. And so I was like, let's just do this. And then let's reach out to some press and see if people cover it. And and then everything started happening. All the, all the press started coming in and Bentonville was great. And they set up a lot of, you know, zoom sessions where we do the breakouts and we talk nice. to three or four people in the breakout rooms and and it was a little awkward i don't think it mimicked the film festival atmosphere as much as they wanted it to but i think it was the best that these festivals could do in yeah. the middle of a global emergency right exactly um yeah because you are so, you know, you're having to do PR. Were you doing your own PR or were you just trusting on like Bentonville you were, you, you mentioned to, you know, get the word out or were you actually having to like contact press on your own as well? This is breaking news. I did oh. all my own pre- PR. Wow. Like Donald Trump. Donald Trump used to do all his PR. What is that yes. true? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Donald Trump. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he is a marketing mastermind. He is a horrible cretin, but he he knows how to market himself, and that got him the presidency. So, wow, horrible. 
sorry. He was telling me a tidbit that I had no idea. Yeah, he would go and he'd have like fake names, like when he would um contact well, like I didn't page do that. six and stuff. Yeah. No, I, you were you were yourself. I like plant stories about me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm Sujata. I'm the filmmaker of Definition Please. Would you want to review it and cover this cover the movie? Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, something that helped during the pandemic is that a lot of the blockbuster movies were obviously not coming out in theaters yeah and the film critics had time on their hands to actually watch a smaller movie and write about it and and that um that really helped us yeah no that's it's amazing um even though like horrible crisis uh on a global scale um still like perfect timing too because yeah it got people who are at home available to watch your movie because normally there's so many movies out there like you know right now um there was a lot of pressure on the the movie bros to do well um but then like it's released the same time as smile and all barbarian all these like horror movies and you know sorry to say like you know those movies did better than say bros um and so like it's it is really hard for comedies these days um even um for like the different uh uh, fellowships that are um like you know wb cbs a lot of them are not hiring comedy writers um they're going more towards like drama so like um because i feel like comedy is still doing well in tv so i'm i'm surprised about that pivot with the fellowships yeah yeah that was uh that's something that's that's happened like this year um there are less there are there are less slots for comedy writers um and even you know like you know bros didn't hasn't done as well as they had wanted it to um you know a lot of people you know see marvel movies or top gun or um, you know, whatever's out there, but you know, you're still, you're, you do, um, like very, um, like human interests, um, you know, comedies, um, uh, dramedies, um, are, is there a thought to do more television stuff? Um, do you like, what's it like, like trying to pitch movies? Um, is it, is it a little harder now because you're contending with movies like Marvel, um, you know, what's that space like? And then are you open to to doing more like TV too? I am 110% want to do TV. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I also want to, I also love the movie space as well. I love them both equally. They're very different beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I am working on a, on a horror type, feature film that I'm excited about. Um, I'm working on a feature that's based on the Hindu summer camp article. And and then TV ideas, I have so many. Um, So, you know, for anywhere from network, network comedy to to cable to streamer comedies, I I just kind of love all of it. So I have uh, ideas for every block wow and so as like an auteur like where you're writing producing directing yourself 
or do you see yourself producing for other people like sort of like Ava DuVernay like where do you see yourself with all of these ideas that are like percolating and, and that are happening is it with you creating them or working with others in general I'm creating them and I'm coming up with a story and writing the script but I love collaborating with people so I've been just even collaborating with the American Pie executives has been truly an amazing process and yeah. I'm having so much fun and 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 I've heard horror stories from our writer friends who work with studio executives and and give conflicting notes and and I'm not experiencing any of that I mean not that's on great me. that's I'm great still in the middle of the process yeah but so far in my career, I've been really lucky, blessed to have been working with amazing collaborators, collaborators that really understand my vision. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm never married to anything that I write. So if someone gives me a, a great note, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I'll do it. You know, I, I don't fight back um, on stuff that makes it a better story. Yeah, because your your thing is that you want it. Um, you know, you're very zen. It, it you just want the project out there. You want you want it to have a life. You know, out in the world. I will say I fight back against stereotypes. That's what I fight back against. Um, and I fight back back against uh, someone's idea of what a certain person is. And that those are the things that I will fight for. Anything yeah. else like do they go to this party or, you know, beats or structure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can, whatever you want them to do. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, let's get this, let's get this project going. Exactly. Um, okay. If you can at all with American Pie, did you approach them with the idea or was there um, like um, sort of rumors out there that they wanted to do American Pie 5 and, and then you kind of put your hat in? Like how, how did you, it is there anything with, that you could say at all about how, so, how you came into the project? So when I started working with WME, they okay. sent me on a bunch of That's jobs. William Morris. Uh, William Morris. The top agency in uh, Hollywood. One of, okay. one of the top, come on, is that the top? <laughs> one of the three, right? One um, of the three. Okay. <laughs> um, when I started working with them, they sent me on a bunch of general meetings, as they do, as yeah. a new client. Yes. And, and these executives from Universal were part of my general meetings um, extravaganza. And yeah. then um, we just had a great meeting and it, and it started there. Yeah, because there's something that what happens in like a general meeting is that you're, you're talking about yourself and they're like, oh, so what do you have? And then, then you start sort of mentioning yeah, ideas. I think, I'm pretty sure I was like, oh, I have this like, camp movie idea. Would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I go in with my ideas and and they, they want to talk about definition, please, because it's it's on the festival circuit. And you just right. kind of talk about yourself, where you're from. And, and then they talk about their productions and um, and you can ask questions about that. Okay. All right. Okay. So this, this gives me a kind of a sense. 
And then, so did you follow up with email? Like, hey, it was nice chatting with you about such and such. And then, and then it was like a back and forth so. after I that. Think we were one of the ones that maybe we did follow up with email, but uh, maybe uh, it was all through WME and I didn't have their contact information. I'm not okay. sure how that okay. works. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, so talk about directing. You worked in, uh, you, for definition, please, you did it in your hometown in Greensburg? Greensburg, yes. So you're in Greensburg. Your parents gave you um, the whole house. They were like, just take it for two weeks. That's amazing. And your mom cooked, which is also amazing. Because um, But like we a- also had catering. Like, she didn't cook the whole time. <laughs> okay, so had catering. She wasn't so- her servant. <laughs> No, 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 of course not. She's mom. So like she's mom. mom. She loved when people were eating her food. Yeah. So mom made some food, but there was catering. Um, Mom had a little role. I'm imagining it's that um, there's that that like party. There's that party moment um, where there's a woman that that uh, tells Sunny, like, I'm single. Was was that? Um, your was your mom in that party scene? Like, where mom was your mom? Party scene. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. She's the one who's flirting with the brother in the scene. She with has Sunny. a emotion moment. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It was was she like was was she like kind of like actorly in that day? Like, what's my motivation? Was she like um, was she just she ready to just do her part? It. She was like, nice. which sorry should I wear? She loves being in hair and makeup. She's on Sweet. set. She's sitting next to Anna Kaja, who plays Jaya yeah. on the couch. So good. Her- and they're having a great time. And um, we keep doing the take over and over. And I don't think she understood that that was going to happen until it started happening. That oh. you don't just like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't just shoot it once and then you move on. You got to get all the different coverage. You know, yeah. All the different angles of it. And, and then a, a, a couple takes and it started to get, I think we ended that scene around 4 a.m. Wow. And she was having a blast because she is a night owl anyway. Yeah. She was like, oh, I would have been up anyway. But now I get to be in this movie and I get to hang out with your actors and your friends. And then there would be moments when she'd be, she would call for makeup. And I'd be like, why are you calling for makeup? Your makeup looks fine. So she started to get diva. And it was really funny to watch. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. Um. But there was never a moment where she was like, again? You want me to say that again? No, there was never that moment. And she was great. She um, spoke her line really well and interacted with Tesh amazingly. And she never looked at the camera. Yeah, that's amazing. This reminds me of like Pen15 with like Mootsy. Um, my my husband uh, went to school with uh, Maya Erskine's brother. And so, so like the mom was in Pen15 um super cool also i think of like Catherine scorsese in like goodfellas and mean streets um would would that be as an auteur you're an auteur so like would you want your mom in another movie maybe in the american pie is she american pie is that what the the fresh take is is, that, <laughs> is it your mom the fresh take is my mom is the lead i the- knew it five right i knew it oh my god pastries will never be the same oh my god yeah so so yeah i i love pen 15 so those were great um her mom was a natural you know yeah 
feel like my mom was a natural and I'd love to keep working with her on future things. That's amazing. And then she's a good sport too. So it's like, it's an she's added a bonus. She loves it. That's, um, that is awesome. Um, so like, okay, so you're an engineer also, you're, you haven't worked as an engineer in a long time, but, and, and you had a cushy consulting job when you came here, were there skills? Because also, um, you had mentioned that you sold a couple of shows while you were working on adventures, um, misadventures of, um, a black girl, like awkward black girl. What, um, what skills did you acquire in doing those jobs that tra has translated well in your life now as a filmmaker and and like making deals and stuff one of the things that i remember one of the few things that i remember from engineering class is going to my first freshman engineering class kind of it's a very intro to engineering intro to material science and the teacher had on the chalkboard um engineering engineer equals problem solver okay and and I said, huh, okay, that's interesting. And I feel like I've taken that into my uh, life as a writer, as a director, as an actor, all of that. Mm -hmm. Because we as writers, we are constantly solving problems of our characters. We're constantly solving script problems, plot holes. And, and, and I'm always ready to tackle whatever that issue is, whether it's with multiple solutions or just one. And mm -hmm. I feel like that bled into my directing because, listen, it was a low budget indie film, challenges happen, problems occur, you lose locations. And you just have to stay calm. You gotta stay cool and not stress about it and find the solution yeah. and have a calm head about it. And that's what I did. and. Um, what was really cool is a lot of the other actors were like, we didn't even know there was, um, we lost that location. You had to find one in an hour. And I was like, good. Like, you're not supposed to know those things. And, and those are the things that I feel that my engineering background has helped me in terms of my work and my art. And I'm really... I love having a structure to something. So even at UCB, I loved the structure of a Herald and right. to be able to make art and scenes within that structure was exciting to me. And it felt like engineering a bit. Yeah, because you're building something. <laughs> you're building something. And um, in terms of selling shows, I think, um, and working with production companies and working with executives. It's just about being adaptable and not being an asshole and yeah. um, listening to notes um, and taking the notes that you want to take and explaining clearly the notes that you don't want to take and maybe coming to some sort of compromise. And um, those are the things that I, that, that I pulled from my, my engineering math science of it all that's amazing okay so directing in definition please again you have um some some love scenes with jake troy who is also in the show single parents he's very cute he shows his butt in the movie what was that like directing because there's this moment where you are hooking up in your car and then your brother um gets all like Liam Neeson and like 
stay away from my sister. What are you doing? Um, so like, what was that like? What's it like directing somebody making out with you and then like fight scene and all that? I mean, you have to discuss it beforehand and you have to make sure first and foremost that the actor is comfortable, is comfortable with everything that's going on. And, yeah. and I think it's great that in terms of the Hollywood in general, we're talking about this more, we're, we're, talking about how sex scenes are very similar to fight scenes, similar to dance choreography and, yeah. and that it all has to be uh, stepped out. And and so that's really awesome. And we got intimacy coordinators in Hollywood. Oh, wow. Um, not on my set. Oh. <laughs> we, had a, we had an indie film budget. I just wanted, You were your own intimacy I was my own coordinator, girl. <laughs> and, and I would always, and we would, Jake and I would always talk about, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is um, where the camera's going to go. It's all very technical. Yeah. And I think a funny part. There was no it, giggles. I think here's when the giggles happen. So we would start making out, start making out. And then I would know in my head when it's ready to end. So I would lean back and yell cut into his face. Nice. And that's when he would start laughing. Because yeah. he'd be like, oh, we're like getting into it. And then you just like lean back and yell into my face. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so that was that's, pretty funny. Yeah. That's that's what I do at home. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So that's great. Um, so great cast um wonderful movie um go see it on netflix and then see american pie when it comes out um in the future somewhere um possibly about her mom that's that's what i'm pushing for but you know we'll see um and uh and then so what I also wanted to do was play a game. And and I wanted to talk about like like who's exciting you right now, like work-wise. Like who's who what is uh, exciting, inspiring you right now? I just saw a couple horror films over the weekend that I really okay. loved. And I loved X. Yes. Pearl. And I haven't seen Pearl yet, but I watched X so that I can go see Pearl in the theater. Wow. And and I also watched Barbarian, which was awesome. Yeah. And both of those movies, I walked away uh, wanting to simplify my stories because I loved how simple yet effective both stories were. Yeah. And I think sometimes we as writers, we, we complicate things and we complicate our characters and they're going through too much stuff when it should just be about one thing and take them yeah. through that one adventure and then call it a day. So those, both of those movies really inspired me to kind of get back into my scripts and um, tear them up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Barbarian. I'm freaked out. Barbarian has to do with like an Airbnb um, mishap, I guess. And then uh, X has to do with like, they're filming a horror, they're filming a movie. And the horrors that happen. In this farmland. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, these are, yeah, they're very simple um, premises. Uh, I find that for my writing, because I do write a lot about, like, Haitian families, 
I find that like I want to explain a lot. I, I There are a lot of details that I want to include just because I've never seen that before. I don't know if that's something that, that you have ever suffered from in Indian culture, Bengali culture, that like you want to incorporate different things so that people see this. So I've read a lot of scripts from younger South Asian American writers, and mm-hmm. they also like to explain things about our yeah. And I tell them not to do that. <laughs> okay. All right. Jo- first, first up, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't do that. So I, I, I suppose I expect more from my audience that they're going to know what certain things are. And if they don't, it's fine. They'll figure it out as they're watching the scene, which in definition, please, they just happen to be a South Asian family and and I don't explain anything about what's going on. I don't explain the the ceremony with the dad. Mm-hmm. And they just do it. And you see that it's pretty, you know, South Asian focused. But we're not talking about that in the scene. Yeah. There's no, like, voiceover narrator. And you see, for Baba, we're doing this, uh, you know, special event. This it's is like, a yeah. Yes. And- and he is throwing oil into the fire because of this. And yes, yeah, I just we're just like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. No, okay. That's that's great advice. Just uh, if you're if you are of another culture, just just be have your characters be living in in their their world. Um, let us let us jump into their world. So I I love that I love that advice. Um, can I play? Oh, and then my very last question is like, how do you celebrate a win? I eat sushi. I go get sushi. Okay, I, where? I live in Studio City, which is on okay. Sushi Row. And so I have my favorite spots up here. Mm-hmm. And um, they it always differs where I go. Okay. But I I love me a Toro roll to, se- to sell. Ooh, oh taro, like taro root? No, 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 toro. It's toro. I believe it's a type of tuna. I could be totally wrong, but I think okay. it's like fatty tuna. Ooh, I'm I'm, I'm more of a cucumber avocado. It'd be like fatty yellowtail or something. But oh, okay, um, but it's very but, buttery and delicious. Ooh, ooh, okay. I mean, that sounds that sounds really lovely. Okay, um, I love uh, cucumber avocado, but I will try this uh, Toro roll and um, and then maybe go to Sushi Row because that, that sounds really fun. Like that there are so many sushi places. I didn't realize this in Studio City. So all really great tips. Um, I want to play a game with you before I let you go. It's an honor of uh, definition, please. Um, and it's also inspired by the fact that you auditioned for the live action Aladdin. Yes. Yes. So are you game? I'm game. So this is a Disney. Pr- yes. Great. This is a Disney prince name spelling bee. So everyone has a favorite Disney dude, but can you spell their name? Here we go. 
first up is, and, you know, this might be easier for you um, because you were, um, you auditioned for it, but Aladdin. A-L-A-D-D-I-N. Do you want to do it again? No, you got it. I got it? Kristoff. Yeah, you got it right. K-R-I-S-T-O-F. No, it's with two Fs. Oh, darn. But good try. I mean, you're very close. Tigger. T-I-G-G-E-R? Correct. What prince is Tigger? I don't know. Prince of the... Thousand Acre Wood? I don't know. I, this is, <laughs> this is I was like, are you talking about Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, because, I, or, I mean, I would argue Christopher Robin is the prince. But, yes. but yeah, but yes, it, 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 it should be, I mean, it's, it's Winnie the Pooh that he's the star of the, the show. He's the A story. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Tigger, Tigger is, is usually B or C story. But, but anyway... Um, this was BuzzFeed. Anyway, Quasimodo is the next one. Q-U-A-S-I-M-O-D-O. Yes, correct. Q-U-A-S-I-M-O-D-O, correct. Next up, also might be easy, Hercules. H-E-R-C-U-L-E-S. Yes, very good. Next up, Basil. I don't know this character. It's a mouse. B-A-S-I-L? Yes, correct. Is that Faisal? No, I don't think that he was from, um, I can't, I can't remember. It's like the great something. I can't remember the, uh, the movie. It doesn't say, but, uh, but Basil, I'll have to Google that. But okay, next one, Maui. That was the rocks character. M-A-U-I? Yes. Spell like Hawaii. Okay. The next one, Simba. S-I-M-B-A. Okay. I mean, you're rocking this quiz so far. I got Kristoff wrong. Kristoff is okay. I would have gotten all these wrong. Lee Shang from Mulan. Oh, God. Okay. L-E-E-S-H-A-N-G. Uh, so it's it's Lee L-I. Ah. And Shang was uh, S H A N G. So you were right on the the last the last part of the name. Uh, the next one is Naveen. N A V E E N. Correct. Yes. I mean that's the traditional way. There was um there was like N A V I N E. There was N A Y V E E N. But yes, you spelled it correct. Yay. Yay. So you're amazing. You know how to spell prince, uh, Disney princess names. And, and question Tigger as a prince because I don't think that he is a prince either. But uh, BuzzFeed seems to think that he has princely qualities. So that's okay. That's another That's another conversation. Um, yes. So thank you so much for chatting with me. What is making you happy these days and how can people find you? So many things are making me happy. I think hanging out with people, going out with people post-pandemic has been really nice and um, yeah, socializing again. And people can find me on the socials. I'm Sujata Day, S-U-J-A-T-A-D-A-Y, Twitter, Instagram. Feel free to DM me. Absolutely not Facebook. 
Absolutely. never again. You never looked back. Yes. Are you on Be Real? Are you on anything else? I don't even know what Be Real is. It's random. I don't think that it'll last very long, but it's uh, something that like the kids are, the Gen Zers are doing. It's, um, it's sort of like an Instagram where you're taking pictures of moments. Uh, so, um, so like throughout the day, like your sushi, you know, or you're drinking water. Like, hey guys, look at what I'm doing. I'm being real in this moment. So like, so that's not you, um, your Insta Twitter person. I I mostly fuck with those uh, social. Um, as well. I'm not really Being on real Facebook. feels like a social media set up by Big Brother to um, oh, oh. track where you are at any oh. given moment. It's the Illuminati. It's the Illuminati. Yes, it but all be comes careful. down to that. Be careful, Gen Z. <laughs> be careful they're going to get oh. you. They're going to get yes. you. Yes, they're going to know where you are. Okay, so thank you so much. This is so amazing. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. <laughs>